0: Welcome back to Season 7 of Sunday Night Teacher Talk. This show is a live Q&A show that happens every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for one purpose, to help you be the teacher that you're called to be, the teacher that you always dreamed of being. We recognize that Sundays can be the most stressful day of the week in the education world, so we gather as a community to prepare together for the upcoming week. Enjoy the show everyone. Welcome back to Sunday Night Teacher Talk. Uh, this is a show that we put together to help educators to become the people that they're meant to be, right? How do we do that? We do that by being vulnerable, by asking questions, by getting answers, by helping out other people that are here on the show as well. So all of that stuff is here for you and by you, really. So, If you have a question today, all you have to do is put a Q or a question in front of your question. And look, you can ask anonymously. If you've been on there, just uh, sign in from, I don't know, some bogus Facebook account if you have to, to just ask a question so that you, you know, because, you know, sometimes I
1: think that's too hard. Folks even say in the Facebook group. Facebook is too difficult. I really think that you have to just, if you don't want your, your name at least read on here, like just put don't read my name. Well, it's going to
0: pop up. Yeah.
1: But I don't have to then read it right when I'm doing a question. All right. Fair enough. That's one
0: way to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, what we're really trying to do there is just like, we want the questions. We want you to get the answer. It's not about putting you on blast or something like that. So yeah. um, Before we get started, I want to ask, you know, or just say like, I've been texting and I didn't text Lopez yet, but texting friends in California, I don't watch the news. Very often. So I am quite often behind in most things that are happening in the world. And I figure it'll just get to me if it's important enough because there's a lot of nonsense. So, but this hurricane that's happening in California, yes. I just am hoping that everyone's okay, that everyone's protected. Um, you know, my brother's out in Ventura, California, and I know he left for Colorado today. Some of the folks that help us on our team are from California, they're over in Utah today, so it's um I just hope that it it works out. We have hurricanes rather regularly here on the East Coast, but I realize that like, um, you can't compare. I don't know. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. And uh, so Lopez, I hope you're good, buddy. Um, Before we jump into a question, I have a question from the Facebook group that I would love to, because I wanted to get to this dude this morning and just didn't have a chance. Um, Did I close it? I totally (laughs) did. So if you are not a part of, can you throw that up there? If you're not a part of our Facebook group, um, we run a Facebook group called Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk. And what what we're trying to do here is make the best teacher community on on the internet. And so on Facebook, at least. And so how do we do that is by we block folks from, there are no businesses in there. There's at, When we're at our best, there's no one trying to sell you anything because we, we want this to really truly be a place where teachers are helping teachers to get through what they need to get through and to get answers that they need to get. And so one of those questions the other day, I'm not going to mention this gentleman's name because he did not give me permission, but the question was, okay, how does anyone have, or does anyone have suggestions on how to deal with stress? I've seen posts on other boards with lots of answers like alcohol. Uh, It's funny. And like and I like the teacher's gallow humor, but as much as the next eye, I'm really neat. I really only, I already had one stroke. I'm getting used to these new glasses. I apologize. Uh, I had one stroke and eating dec- decently and exercising isn't enough for me. So I think that's such a great question. And there were really wonderful answers in there, which is no surprise, but the the answers were mostly around this idea of self care with regards to here's things that you can do on defense to help you from like, not just rest, but replenish from the day. And I think that those, that is a great answer. So I'm not even saying like my answer is better than that. I just wanted to take it from a little bit of a different angle because I didn't see anyone hitting this angle. I think that, you know, a lot of those things are important um, and even some folks were saying some things with regards to how to get ready for your day and make sure that you are absolutely at your best. I think there's another component here that is not talked about enough in education. And that is when we're struggling, when we are finding school to be very difficult, or we're having a hard time dealing with students and all that kind of thing. Um, you can shoot the other camera if you want, but the is there is this tendency to take ourselves out of the equation with some regard. What do I mean by that? I mean, sometimes the answer to the problem is not the school growing. It's not the students growing. It's not the parents getting calmer. It's not the problems going away. It's how do you become the person that can handle those issues Now the last thing I want to do is sound like I'm putting more on a teacher's plate of what to do. However, um, because it's, I don't, I don't want to do that, but really if we, if we take, if we think about wanting students to change, there's, there's no way to make that happen. There's no way like, and y'all know this, like if you've taught for a minute, sometimes you have students that it's just so it's seemingly impossible. There's, there's too much going on in a child's life that you, more than you can confront in your 48 or 90 minute period a day or a couple times a week, if you have block scheduling that changing a kid's circumstances, healing their hurt, um, it's just not, it's not going to happen. Right. Similarly with schools, I can't make leadership better. I can't make my school better. All the time. I can, there are things I can try to do try and work with my school, help my school grow, make it a better place for everyone. But I think the easiest answer sometimes is who do I need to become to fix this issue, to handle this problem, to be less stressed? How do I need to grow? What do I need to do? And so I just think that that might be something to think about, to to meditate on, to write, to journal, write about, to pray about, to see, is there something that in fact you can do? to make this scenario better for, for you. So some of those things might be getting therapy or counseling. I mean, especially with, I'll say that when I had those teacher benefits, therapy was super affordable, like really, really affordable. And we, do, we are not connected with this company, but we've had a lot of friends that have gone to better, better help, right? Yes. I screw this up all the time. <laughs> BetterHelp.com. And you can, if you are, have certain views and so let's say like you are, you find yourself to be more conservative or liberal. You find that you uh, it's important for your counselor to have to be a faith based, uh, a person of faith that that's counseling you. You can dial in all these sort of things. You try people out. If you don't like them, then you just move on and pick the next person. You don't even have to say goodbye or have like an awkward breakup or anything like that but something like that might be really helpful. Learning, growing, getting mentoring, getting count, getting, going to workshops, going to professional developments that are really going to help you to become the person that these things happen and it doesn't destroy you or wear you down as quickly. So far be it for me to put something else on teacher's plates, but I'll tell you this. If you as a person that had six principles in, in the last three years in the classroom, I found that I couldn't fix that, that, that every principal had new ideas, had new hopes, new dreams, new vision, and then uh, sometimes two weeks later, sometimes a year later, sometimes a month later, gone, right? There goes all your hard work, connection, all that stuff, and that gets tired over time. What I learned is that by building me, those are skills that never go away connections with students connections with parents connections with admin they can all disappear if you get stronger that's muscle you own it is mental physical and spiritual toughness that you own and it never goes away and it carries into other places into your life so it's just i just wanted to kind of share that idea i think that it's it's something that to consider um and knowing that you have the power knowing that the help is out there knowing that the, Answer is out there, uh, it's just important to kind of keep in mind. So that's my opening one. What do you got there?
1: I think it's great. I actually want to say something about oh, that because um, in that. the comments, uh, someone is saying that this is such a great question for them because they feel like a lot of the little things that give me the most stress are the things that trigger childhood trauma that I'm still trying yes. to heal from, and I think that that's so important, and even like what you said is so important just because. Often, I think teachers, it, at least from what I get to see through comments and our Facebook group and and things of that nature that I get to be privileged to, it, it's a lot of like teaching is just too hard or the kids are bad or it's it's a lot of other things. But one of the things that I've learned just through even doing our own business is, man, it's it's less about the external things and more about the internal and the internal growth and how I'm handling all the stresses or things that are, that I have to just deal with and navigate or the workload or the stress load that is on one's shoulders. Like that triggers a lot of stuff that's like inside. It's more internal, I think, than external really.
0: You're so right, but it's one before the other. If you don't yes, have the if, internal I'm not
1: negating the fact that teaching is hard by any means.
0: No, no, but I'm just saying you're you're right. Yeah. It's classroom management's so much about confidence. Mm. People who really struggle aren't people that don't have good ways. They just do things like without a level of confidence. So you can count down from five and get kids to be quiet, but you can also count down from five and just count down from five and no one listens to you, right? Yeah. It takes a sense of presence, of confidence. Of, of like, that only comes when you have that internal fortitude to be able to do that sort of thing. Now, look, you might side note, you might build yourself, grow yourself, become the person that you need to be. And your school's still a disaster area that has nothing to do with you. So take that off your plate. And then that might Mm -hmm. be a place where you start thinking about, is there another place that I should go another school? that I should consider working at. Because I'll tell you what, a lot of things are top down. If you don't have strong leadership, then your school's really gonna struggle and suffer. And yeah, we need people to lead. We don't need people to manage. We need people to take us from, as my mentor says, from Pain Island, to pleasure island which is so a, sure weird a weird metaphor for I think. But <laughs> all right, I'm let's jump into some head. questions. Let's go.
1: Uh Mallory is up first asking seriously considering leaving the profession for something else. Mm-hmm. What skills do you think teachers can put on their resumes that can be transferable to other
0: careers? So the the interesting let me let me mention not that I'm this is not like a, uh, a like I don't want to justify a move out of education or not justify it. That's up to you. And I have zero say in that. But for anyone that is like, considering leaving, um, I just, I think that that is like, teachers can feel so shamed, shamed for doing it. I know I did. Like when I was leaving, there was a part of me that was like, "Will anyone still want to listen to what we're saying? Do I still have validity in, in what I'm doing? Um, can I... What about the, like I don't like giving up like the first thing i say in my book about teaching is I have a hard i forget exactly what it says because i haven't read my book since I put it out because that would be because <laughs> i write it a thousand times already but um I don't like giving up on stuff and I had to shift that language in my head that wasn't giving up right i'm i'm I am what I had to come to was this realization that that like there, I was moving on to the next season of my life into the next thing that I was being called for so mallory I think with regards to what you're saying, although it's not tied to that, I just wanted to kind of mention that because I feel like a lot of folks might think about that if they're thinking about leaving. Um, I have found in the last several years, especially since like the pandemic, there have been so many teachers I've known that have just made these switches into all kinds of corporations that they have teaching skills. And now that, that businesses have things online, they have the know-how of how to actually educate someone so i have a friend that got a job for a pharmaceutical company for instance they give her the literature she creates powerpoint presentations that chunk that up that make basically guided notes all the things that we use in classrooms all, like it's not having a million words it's having a word and a picture it's using its short video it's how can we make this digestible for people that are coming through orientation, that are that have a new job, that we've we're going to institute a new policy, procedure, or routine in, into our business? And she creates that, gives it back to management. They give her notes, and that's what she does. All, she p- creates PowerPoint slides all day. Uh, other friends that have gotten jobs for tech companies, right? So think of all these big, massive companies that do not have people in them all the time that come from education, at least not for any sizable amount of time. Right. So you think of like textbook companies, ed tech companies, like folks that I know that have gotten jobs that are, are like, they are the boots on the ground or were the boots on the ground. And now they're bringing this experience to a tech company. So I think I would start it and, rewind the question a little bit and think, what are you actually, what is, what is your giftedness? So in school, what is your giftedness? So if I, if I talk about myself, right? Cause that's the person I know the best is um, building community. It is making learning, engaging and fun. It is connecting with young people, which also ties into community. It is creating spaces where people feel safe, seen and heard it's looking at those things Mallory that you possess as an educator and as a human being that what are those things that would transfer over and what would you like to do like start start there like thinking about what you would like to do i would write all this out and you know another thing i would do is there's a um there's a really great assessment called the flight is it called the flight assessment it's a personality test i think it's called think the so flight exam, flight assessment, something like that, that is doing something like that is going to give you, I I did it two years ago and man, it shifted how I even walk the earth. It gave me such insight on who I am as a person and helped me connect all these dots to see like when I was really thinking about like, could I go full-time entrepreneur and do the work that I'm doing now? That was one of the things that really solidified that for me. So it's doing some of that Sitting back and wondering who I am, who, who what do I bring, and then having a truer sense of what you are. Then, when you start looking through job opportunities, you are seeing: Is this a good fit for me? Like, am I a good entrepreneur? Am I a better entrepreneur? Am I a good assistant? Would I be better at HR? Like, what are the things that you could do? Because I don't, I don't think it's just like it's not the immediately noticeable skills. It's not like. How does grading and seating charts and things of that nature transfer into a job? They don't. It's all the other stuff that it's like I can learn to do anything in a job, but not everyone knows how to be how to be caring, how to be patient, how to make things, how to take all this information and make it make it understood by people. It's all those skills that you're really going gonna bring to the table.
1: I love that assessment. Why does he keep? We are so blurry. (laughs) Even with your new glasses, you're supposed to see better.
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: Okay, moving on. Carl's up next, asking, "What or who made you decide to do all the weirdness? And did you get any kickbacks from the higher ups? If so, how did you approach this?"
0: Carl, the other day, um, I oh gosh, I was going to talk about Fred.
1: He's sitting right there.
0: But I was going to talk about what we did with him, but I'm trying to think of a different example because I don't want to tell that story yet.
1: Oh, well, it's, um, it's just all over our house. All right, so all the time. <laughs> anyway,
0: I took up I have this, I have a mannequin, uh, Carl. You can buy a mannequin for $56 on, on Amazon. So I did. As a matter of fact, they sent me a mannequin and only had one arm. I sent back and said I need another, I need an arm, because y'all y'all gave me a right-handed mannequin. He's left-handed, by the way, he told me, and I only got a right arm for him. So they said, we can't just send you an arm. We'd have to send you a whole nother mannequin. And I said, all right. So they sent me another mannequin. So now I have two mannequins. This is right. Carl, you're not hearing this wrong. I am a grown man that does not own a store, but has two mannequins <laughs> that, that I use for jokes. And I was my, my dream was I was going to take him to school and he was going to be my teaching assistant. I was going to dress him up. And I, this is something I did in the past, but I built my own mannequins before I before I could afford $56. Uh you all know that teacher life. So anyway, I sent these pictures to my aunt of Fred just around my house because I keep doing funny stuff you with can them. You show them a picture where, though. Do I have a picture of Fred?
1: It wasn't on your phone. Oh yeah. You took it yesterday. So I
0: um keep talking though. I do this thing where I put Fred in in my shower. So when my kids look in you know kids look in the shower because they're afraid that like there's a there's somebody oh, in there. Um here it is. So here's Fred in my office. (laughs) He's just chilling there doing work. And um, Oh,
1: I put him there yesterday.
0: (laughs) So if you're not watching this on the podcast, if you're on YouTube, there he is sitting there doing work, right? And he scared the crap out of all my kids' friends when they walked in there. I sent a picture of this to my aunt and she goes, you're so weird. I said, isn't it funny that that never wore out? Like I've been weird my whole life. And it's really just because I like making people laugh. I like making people smile. I like uh, being silly. And that's a thing that when I was a kid you kind of get you kind of get dogged for that a lot whether it's by your family or your very serious grandmother or something like that or just, that's so stupid you're so stupid when you do that. but what I found was that that was really a skill and it was a giftedness to like walk into places, especially dark places and bring light And so that was always my goal. I think a lot of people use their silliness to to hurt people, to make people feel dumb, to make them feel less than, but my goal has always only ever been to make people smile. And so I am willing to be a fool for, for kids. And so, the, and I've just, I've done it forever. Even when I worked at home Depot, I would keep bubbles in my pocket and weird stuff to just like make kids laugh. Cause it was something I felt like I could do. Um, and so, It is something that I think has always been off putting to the folks at schools that I worked at, but like anyone else, that's kind of weird at school, right? Like you get to a place where they just do weird stuff. Like I worked with a woman one time. Do you remember telling you about this? There was a woman. I, she was sitting in Teresa's room one time and she just took a pair of scissors. She had really long hair. She pulled it all together, pulled it to the front Stop. and just cut it off and cut off like this much hair and then just <laughs> threw it in the trash can and then kept doing work. Didn't say anything about it. Didn't mention that she got a haircut, nothing. And it was just like, but I then saw her do any number of things that were truly bizarre after that. And I never
1: heard that. Series. It was
0: just, some of them are not even appropriate for the internet, but like <laughs> they, it was just like that level of weird. You find people that dress really fun or crazy or Um, that are mean all the time to the kids, whatever your thing is, it just becomes, they just become known as that person, right? So you, it, you know, so my, I think my point of the matter is like, you do the thing you're going to do and faster than you know it, everyone's just going to get used to it. And if you're bringing light and love to your job, into the the spaces that you work in, then if someone's going to complain about that, like, bro, I got other things going on. Like, I don't like, like, don't even sweat it because it's like, what are they complaining about? Like, what do you want me to come in as a curmudgeon? That's all right. But if I put googly eyes on the time clock every day, like, I guess you could get mad about that, which is also a really funny thing. And time clocks are dumb. I'll tell you that too. Uh, that's I think it's, story.
1: you are just good at, for you, it's like, you're just it's unique to you right like that's your extraordinary thing like or what do you say all the time bring your ordinary your
0: ordinary is someone else extraordinary
1: right so it's like not everybody has to be weird but it's just like everybody's got something that makes them like... everyone has
0: some level of giftedness whether you're a good listener you're a good friend you're good at decorating you're good at um whatever it is like it
1: is but i think it's the weirdness that gets highlighted a lot and um it's not easy to do that because you do get a lot of, I'll say you, I remember, I know you get a lot of pushback, but and a good example of that is because we bring that just into our family. And I'm not weird like that. Like that is, that's unique to him. That is not me. Um, But we were down the shore for Brody's birthday and we, rode this little tiny train that just goes around. It's like a little kid's ride, right? But Brody loved trains when he was little. And so we just still did it. We do it all the time. It's just a weird, funny, he loves nostalgia anyway. But while we were on the train, what did we do? for? So we're going through this
0: train. It goes all the way through the amusement park on the Ocean City, New Jersey boardwalk. And every time it goes through like a crosswalk, they ring the bell. People have to stop. And so that they don't get run over by the train, and every time that that happened, we would just go one, two, three, choo choo. The whole family, my son's friends, did not know what to do with us at first. They were appalled. Well, his
1: best friend went along with it, yes. but then there was two teenage girls with us,
0: and but they then, were like, which just made me do it even more
1: mortified. But
0: we loved it, and it made everybody. La- I was watching them. I yeah, everybody, everybody laughed. That was there because it was so absurd, and it's. Find what your giftedness is, and you are doing the world a disservice if you're not doing it out loud. Being happy, and Patch Adams used to say, being happy in public is one of the most revolutionary things a person could do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we really love that out loud.
0: Amen. <laughs> okay,
1: it. John Fox is up next asking, if you Fox. taught elementary school instead of high school, how would your first day of school look different from what it is now? How to balance getting buy-in versus building structure slash routines?
0: So I think my first day, John, would be slightly different in that um, I would still tell kids how excited I am. I'd still tell them we're gonna have the greatest year ever. I'd still have tell them I'm so excited that they are there. Um, and that like, try really communicate that to kids that I care about who you are. I want you to be here. If I was teaching really like much lower grades where I'd have the same kids all day, I would be in communication with them and their parents way before school started. Right. Like, so at least a week or two out, um, I would make content. I think I would email of like, all right, did you do? You're, you know, so excited you're coming back to school. My name is Mr. Reynolds. I'm going to be your teacher this year. We're going to have the greatest year ever. I hope you're so ready to have the greatest year ever. And then sending little videos home to get kids to know who I am. Because listen, we talked about before that we gravitate towards the things we're the most familiar with. So getting kids familiar with knowing me, with knowing who I am, how I roll, how excited I am to see them. And then, um sending videos home so it's not such a mystery so the first day that they show up they're even excited to see me not just like scared or or oh my gosh what's the teacher going to be like no it's like dude i gotta meet this dude in real life this guy seems insane so that's that's part of it i think the thing i would shift is there would have to be language around policies and procedures right The reason I don't do a lot of policies and procedures is because I have ninth graders, right? And I realize this, that they're 14 years old. They know how to raise their hand, what to do if they have to go to the bathroom. And I mean, they don't really know exactly how I roll, but there's a semblance of that. I don't want, no one's going to pee their pants, right? Because I didn't say where the bathroom was or how to go or something like that. Um, So there would be some language around that. But I think that's the only thing I would change. Now, of course, this also depends on whether or not like how long the day is and all of those sorts of things. So when I have students come back, my longest class is 51 minutes. Right. So it's like I can get the things done, but I would I would shift a few things around. But largely it would just be about how excited I am to see you, how great this year is going to be. It would be a lot of that sort of introductory stuff. And yeah, but. I, and I think you'd even get a better reaction from really young kids that haven't been jaded yet by the school system. And even those that have been a little bit jaded, like, you know, the, if you have a fourth grader that's not on level for reading or their math stru- struggles or they have processing speed, like their processing speed isn't where everyone else is. It is letting kids know that I'm so glad you're here for who you are right now. Not for where you are supposed to be or even want to be. We're going to meet you where you are and help you get to where you're going to need to be. And know that I'm going to do I'm going to do everything I can to help you do that. I think that's like that's what is going to make a kid like the hold their mind melt and they're going to can't wait to come into school again tomorrow and go home and tell their parents that they had the greatest first day of school ever.
1: Yeah, I think little ones aren't afraid of like there's not that cool factor like high school is. Yes. Um, someone mentioned that in the comments too. Uh, okay. Summer Hayward is up next asking, um, what are your go-to? Oh, before I do that, she said in the comments here that she did the life odyssey and had a ton of success with it. Oh yeah. She learned a ton about her students, which yeah, that's awesome. That's what
0: I'm talking about.
1: Um, so she's asking though, what are your go-to meal prep ideas? Uh, I'm putting together a list to make my mental load lighter. I prep on Sundays for an easier week.
0: I'm lazy summer. So I eat the same thing every single day. I, so when I'm at my best, it is, I, I intermittent fast. So I am going 14 hours between the hours that I've eaten, um, which helps you a lot because then you're skipping breakfast. I then, um, I do have coffee though. So I'm not like truly, truly intermittent fasting, like hardcore because I do have coffee because I just, i it's not even that I need it. It's I want. I want that boost of. I don't know. I just did that. I just a boost <laughs> of energy in the morning. So a cup and a half of coffee has me. Oh man, I'm feeling great, and so I can. I can kick it at school harder. The other thing is, I will bring like this green sludge that my wife makes for me in the morning, and I put that in a in a jar like a hippie and I take that to school with me. I keep it in my mini fridge and I eat that after my fast. For lunch, I typically do a salad. And I I don't, I buy those pre-made salads that they sell at the store. You can get them for like two for $6 or something like that, which is, it's not incredibly expensive. It's not a ton of food for what you're paying for. And there's a lot to throw away, which I really, really don't like. There's so much pieces of plastic that go in the garbage just for this one thing. If I was less lazy, I'd make myself a quick salad, but I don't feel like doing that. So I just pre-buy them. And then I eat uh, RX bars, the RX protein bars. They're the um, dark chocolate and sea salt ones is a protein bar. That's what I eat every single day. I eat green sludge, a cup of coffee, a pre-made salad, usually the chicken Caesar one, because that's the one that they always have and a protein bar. And then that's it. And then I eat whatever we have for dinner that night.
1: This really is not a fair question for CJ because he does not cook at all. So, (laughs) and yeah, if I, if I were a teacher, I would do someone, I, I think there was a post in the Facebook group about this, which had a ton. I read through them. They had a ton of like great ideas. And it was really interesting. A lot of people do a lot of just individual, like quick snacky, like protein things, or Fruits and vegetables, or cheeses, like stuff like that, yeah. like quick eats, which I think is is probably better than anything else. I mean, maybe a sandwich would be good. Especially like, if you're
0: depending like on your school did upside day. Upside down
1: salads, so like your dressings at the bottom, which I thought was real. I never even knew this. It's like you do it in a mason jar, but your yeah. dressing is at the bottom, so it doesn't get all your stuff soggy. And then you just dump it in a bowl, and it, then your dressings on the top.
0: Brilliant. I know. I thought I that was would. Great. <laughs> get a mini fridge. I talked, Oh shoot. I didn't put this video out. I did a deal with staples. So I didn't get to put this video out Mm -hmm. that I have, but, um, I'll actually, I'll link it under here. I have this great fridge that I got on Amazon and it heats and cools Oh yeah, and it is awesome. And I could fit all of my stuff in there so that I could take things to school with me. And then when my buddy Cho left, I got like a proper dorm room mini fridge. Yeah. That thing was jamming.
1: All right. Let's move on to Jocko. He's up next saying, Hey Reynolds, what does a typical work week look like for you these days? Now that you're not a teacher anymore, we'd love to see a video a day in the week of life of Reynolds.
0: Um, all right. So this is, I, I work just as much. I just don't typically get interrupted as much. So I, so on my best weeks, I am up at Five, last year, a little bit, I was doing 4.30. I can't get to bed early enough to make 4.30 work. So it is up at five. I come downstairs. I make coffee for my wife every morning um, in the summer. She typically gets up before me and she makes coffee for me. But during the school year, it's every day I make coffee for my wife. I do about 45 minutes of praying, meditating, and Bible study, and then get myself uh like start doing work. I make a whole list So on the back side of this blackboard is a whiteboard. So I list out everything that I have to do today, need to do today. Then I meet with my wife and after she's done doing her morning routine and we identify the things because I have a tendency to make a list of about 27 things. My wife will come in and say, these are the five that absolutely need to get done today. Here's two that are bonus credit. And then, which is far better of a way to do it than what I do. Um, and then I start tackling those things. Some days are shoot days. So it's like just shooting YouTube content, just shooting content sometimes for people's private. So we get hired to do, um, So like if you're on Help Mifflin Harcourt's teacher's corner website, I have like 30 videos on there that I've made for them. So sometimes it's making stuff for other people. Then it is a lot of building out workshops. And if we're putting on a workshop, it's building out that workshop. It's talking to, copywriter, talking to the person that's doing the email, talking to the person that is doing graphic design on all of our resources, um, talking to my, our social media person, talking to our video editor and creating that whole thing. Uh, it's doing a lot of emails. It's working, doing a ton of emails with brands and things like that, trying to get speaking gigs and when i get speaking gigs it's coordinating the airfare and the 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 talk and talking to the schools that want to go to so cuz every single talk is tailor created for each school it's never just i don't have like a generic talk that i give um there's i mean there's overlap but it's not there's never one that's just like straight like here's the same thing i gave the last school um and then Up until this year, like this year, last year included, our son is homeschooled. So it was a lot of, of, I didn't do so much teaching him, but it's a lot of helping him navigate the day and helping my daughter navigate the day and things like that. My day usually lasts, I'm up at five, start working by 6.30. um, And I go to the gym every day for like an hour, hour and a half. But other than that, it is working until, I don't know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, typically,
1: probably seven. And then we do dinner and you might come back and do more emails. Yeah.
0: But usually that's when there's like mentor calls
1: right? or I take classes.
0: I'm in two different classes right now. I'm in a coaching class that I'm probably not going to be in much longer because I can't
1: find the time to go to it.
0: (laughs) Uh, And I'm in a mastermind for entrepreneurs as well. And so that takes up a lot of time in the evenings as well. So, yeah, that's what it. that's a typical day. And it's uh it's not exciting. It's a lot of repetition, um, but it's doing stuff that I know is having a deep and a powerful impact, I hope, on teachers. So,
1: yeah, it's a lot of sitting at a computer.
0: It, it's that's <laughs> the part that is the hardest grind of it is it is not engaging with people as much. It so, up. yeah. So but that's what when I go and speak at schools, I tell people I'll stay there all day. Cause I just yeah. go into classrooms. I'm cutting it up. I'm doing stuff with people. I'm helping people out. Like, Oh gosh, I love that stuff. It's, it's so a lot awesome. of engaging
1: with our kids too. So, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Myisha is up next asking hello, CJ and Jenna. I hope you guys are well. Oh, this is for me. Jenna, now that you have been on camera for a few episodes, how are you feeling about it? Uh, by the way, you'll see more of me here on Sundays again. Yay! We're Wait, so why, glad.
0: What's going on with office depot?
1: I, I hope you're still there. You just had a schedule shift. Um, uh, I'm not sure. So what's what it like
0: just... wife, being on camera?
1: Um, gosh, tell us, it's okay. I've gotten a little bit used to seeing myself. It's just weird to see myself and it's weird to, to like talk to a camera, but you do get used to like just looking at the camera and not at feeling so awkward.
0: Um, which for, I mean, I if y'all aren't doing this, like you're literally looking at a dot, like I just look at a dot yeah. and talk to you yeah. and it's, it's, it's... A
1: logic Logi camera it says logic like you know it's like just a camera yes. so, there's no even though we're interacting with lots of people it's just weird to me yeah um but i've gotten used to that that doesn't feel so awkward anymore um i think the most nervous part for me the most nerve-wracking part is feeling like it, other people's opinions, honestly, right? It's like an imposter syndrome of like, do I have the mm-hmm. ability to sit here? Do I have the ability to answer some of these questions? And I mean, I don't answer them, you answer them, but to even chime in or to even know that my voice is valuable, like those are the parts that like mess with my head. Um, but that's a, that's a personal me thing, right? Of like when we talked about in the beginning of like being able to rise above or shoulder the things that come with whatever responsibility that you're
0: required to show up and do. So,
1: yeah, I guess it's better. <laughs> I,
0: to that end, I just want to validate you on that. Aww. That, like, you, of course, have something to say. For, you know, 18 years now, you've been hearing me even longer than that talk about education, talking about things that have happened in my classroom. You've, you know, the kids, That's kids a part come that over to, I know that, like, but
1: it's a part that the people on the other side of this camera don't know. Yeah. Like, not everybody goes home and talks to their spouse about their day. Like, I would hear everything. I'd go, How was your day? And I'd be in the kitchen, like making food, and CJ would run down. Like It was not a
0: rhetorical question. No, my, like, I was he like, really. Oh,
1: no, but I didn't it? want it to be. I really no. wanted to know about your day. Yeah. Like, that's just the relationship that we have built together. Um, So I've learned along with CJ, like, as he, experiences and stuff in the classroom and then we have kids right like so i've learned a lot on that end i've learned a lot just through like special education through our own and navigating a school system and and this special ed system like all of those sort of things so i appreciate you saying that um yeah
0: i like that you're on here
1: thanks it looks
0: it looks way less weird
1: (laughs) i'm sure it's having a i never even wanted to be a voice on here i like that our
0: outfits match all the time too i'm just telling you that <laughs> we look great we're like willing does that Data mean we're Smith? getting
1: old i feel like that's like a like a my grandparents always matched
0: no it's great i love matching okay. i want our whole family to match all the time oh my gosh
1: we did this easter we all coordinated know, it was so it was great. <laughs> all right Silvio is up it. next asking how do you keep the energy up in class during testing we started school on thursday last week and i got a great vibe with the kids we're going into testing this week.
0: First of all, let's just uh, affirm you in this idea that testing in the beginning of the year sucks. There's no faster way to suck the energy out of your right. all the hard work than to just have a test all of a sudden. I think it's sometimes it's acknowledging that look, um, we need to just get through this, right? And I I used to tell kids that I understand that the test sucked, but that I felt that that doesn't really help. Like I don't want I don't want to like co commiserate on something with you like I just want to um like I just want to instead acknowledge listen we have testing this week it's not a big deal right the idea behind this my idea behind the testing what I used it for anyway was I need to see who you are and how you learn and where your ability is so we can take you from where you are to where you need to be I need this information so you have to do the best that you can because otherwise i'm going to think you're all the way down here or i'm going to think you're you know i need it i need the truest sense of where you are because i want to teach you not just what you're supposed to be at then it is trying to infuse fun so this can get you and be careful with the information i'm about to give you because it can get you in trouble but um i would do stuff like i would do little games i would uh do like do silly stuff intermittently to make it better. So for instance, I find that minute to win it games are a huge hit in school. So you just go on YouTube, search minute to win it. You're going to find a whole bunch of games and it's stuff that you can, most of them you can do with either stuff that's already in your classroom or stuff that is like just around the school. I got this from, I used to do, and I forget who I got this from, but I, I took this idea from the internet. And this is, um, I have a whole video on this. It's like five things to do if your class runs short or something and none of them are educational. So it is taking Expo markers. Someone stands at the back of the classroom and you can't really see it on here, but like the, any, the ledge that's in the front of your whiteboard, that metal edge, stand in the back oh. and you toss an Expo marker. Weird.
1: Let's let's switch it to this one. Can you see it now?
0: So you gotta take the question though. Oh. So you toss the Expo marker and see Who can get it to land on the ledge, right? It's simple and it's completely dumb. You give kids four expo markers that each person gets four chances and it is, they freaking love it. So if you have, if it's the break in between and the kids are, everyone's seated, the only person that's up is the person with the marker and a kid that collects the markers in the front of the classroom and brings them to the next person, you Tell them you have to be quiet. If you're not quiet, then we have to stop doing it because I can't let everyone know that we're having fun, right? We're having secret fun right now. (laughs) So you do this game and it's just during like the bathroom break time of the test or the snack break time of the test or something like that. And then each time somebody else gets a turn and I'm telling you, you'll have like 15 kids don't land a marker. That 16th kid lands a marker. You were thought we just land on the moon. It's so exciting. Kids love it so much so it's just simple little things like that it's writing notes to kids keep them
1: quiet when someone lands doesn't everyone like i
0: tell you have to like, like we practice cheering. You? yeah practice oh, crying. Okay. It's Uh fun. it's like what would this look like if we were going to cheer and you could make no noise and then we do it <laughs> it was doing stuff like that um doing minute to win it games um putting stickers on kids as they're doing their work. So like if someone's doing a really great job, putting a full sticker, if someone's doing a half kind of almost good job, give them cutting that sticker in half. I give them half of the sticker. When they start doing a good job, give them their other half of the sticker. When they, I'm making little post-it notes, keep your head up. uh, You're doing a great job. Um, Wake up or I'm telling your mom. Like, and I just put post-it notes on their desks and that's fun too. So it's just trying to find playful ways to kind of keep kids engaged, keep kids entertained to some degree so that they can keep pushing through. But those little games that it's going to do is give kids, like, a dose of energy, too, to then go back into the next part with also. Because the other thing that's going to happen is kids are either going to become problematic in those in-between times or they, like, want to go on their phone or they get out of their seat or they start throwing things at one another or they – or it just becomes – or they go to sleep and then trying to wake a kid up to go do the close reading section coloring of the test. It's like, still like coloring classic, sheets are a hit. Our, our girl would
1: love Play-Doh. Anything yeah. that's quiet to herself would yeah. work, but other ones that are our ADD boy, like, no, that would not work for him. He yeah. would need to,
0: the expo marker yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm, for so sure. that's it.
1: Okay. Steph Shook is up next hey. asking, how can you balance two co-teachers? I have two. Uh, any advice uh, to inclusion this year?
0: Uh, you know, Steph, I find the best thing that I've ever done with inclusion teachers is having them play a role. So when I've had like any co-teaching thing, and sometimes this is worth, and sometimes it hasn't. By the way, like sometimes I've had co-teachers that were some of the worst people I've ever known in my life, and should never be allowed to step foot in a school. Like I had a guy that uh, would sleep in the back of the room, and then he woke up one time, saw a kid was laughing at me, kicked him. And it was like, all right, you shouldn't work with kids. So that guy got fired. It wasn't my fault. I just went to the office. So um, it was, it's really like giving folks a job. So, and this helps your class run smoother too. So like one of my favorite co-teachers I ever had, uh, Miss C, who was with me, I don't know, last several years I was at West Philly. Um... I would come in the class, I kick class off immediately. While I'm kicking class off, she's taking attendance and, and collecting homework or handing stuff out or doing whatever she's doing. As soon as I'm done my pre-class, I transition into, uh, now I'm collecting papers or doing whatever I'm doing. Miss C then jumps right into vocab, right? So she's jumping right into the vocab review. She's running the vocab review with super high energy getting all the kids, and like on point, I'm going around and helping Kids kind of get ready, kept helping them to stay focused, things like that. Then as soon as that's done, I jump into the main part of the lesson and see it's like it's what it made me think of the only thing I can kind of think of in this is whenever you've had hip hop groups that had more than one MC. So like the Beastie Boys, Run DMC, De La Soul, the best and even Run DMC would say that, Uh fun fact, would say that the Beastie Boys were the best that ever lived at doing this at having three MCs and so effortlessly backing one another up switching from the front switching to the back having like this synergy about them where the class never stopped moving we got into this place where like it was this and then this then this then this then all of a sudden Reynolds is over here then Miss C's back here then Miss C's prepping something while Reynolds is teaching the lesson then as soon as we switch off all of a sudden C's in the back and she said all this stuff and now we have this thing going on you get to this place where you start small, you start with starting the class. And then what's that first transition going to be? Because we all know as teachers that the transitions are where we lose the most time in class going from one activity to another. So if I could switch it with someone and let them know you are in charge of this, now that creates buy-in for teachers also for the inclusion or the the co-teacher as well. Because now they own a part of the class. And so it's, Working like that is the best thing I've ever done to to help that be a real actual partnership. Because remember, like for those of you that are just getting into this, having an inclusion, no one's supposed to know who the inclusion teacher is. When you have a co-teacher. No one's supposed to know who that is. So my students weren't supposed to know if I was in charge of the class or Miss C was in charge of the class. It was we were both in charge of the class. And you have no idea who's who because we're both helping everyone and navigating the room and rocking it. Um, <clears throat> like we were trying to rock stage or something like that, which I'm glad we never did. She liked singing Disney songs and <laughs> likes show tunes. And I don't oh, like sorry. any musicals except for The Greatest Showman yes, and no. Mary Poppins.
1: All right. I'm trying to find a question. There's a lot of chit chat going on oh, here. Oh, chit chat. Uh, I know.
0: Chit chat's back again. <laughs>
1: stop it. I'm going to stop using that word. Um, uh, Mickey Smith uh is in here. Mickey Smith Jr.? Yeah, he said. Yeah, yeah. You're he basically said uh CJ, when I think that you can't be more goat, you drop uh, more knowledge.
0: Listen, let me tell you, if y'all aren't following Mickey Smith Jr., Mickey Smith is one of he's my famous friend. Um he won a Grammy and is just I saw him do a keynote, I guess it it was last year at Teach Better. And he does this great keynote that is equal parts hilarious deeply moving, and he plays his saxophone during it, but like, he's not just like, I wrote a song about it, want to hear it, here it goes. It's like, um, there's a reference that like four people got, but <clears throat> it would be like, it was just, actually, no, I'm going to do this right now. Like do you have it scene? available? I do.
1: No, I didn't think now, oh
0: my gosh, everything's in We're the way. We're so
1: cramped in here.
0: I don't know if I can get it. I don't know if I will come out of here.
1: Oh my gosh. Uh, I also want to say, Brie, Brio Hearn, you have our sympathy. She said that I I, I passed the comment because I'm trying to look for a question, but she said that um a couple of her coworkers, I think, got, uh have COVID. Yep. And then she started with a fever and body aches. So
0: Stop. girl. Just when you thought it was over.
1: Brian, it's it's swift. Yes. Or it's not even that. Let's go with that one. Okay, I have a question. Can you really you're really struggling?
0: I'm not doing anything
1: weird over here. Okay. Well, this is a long one, so I'll go ahead and go read ahead. it while you're doing that. Heather on Facebook is asking: I managed to get a nasty virus and have already used my emergency sub plan plans. I'm a computer science teacher, so it's it's hard to leave legit plans. I keep feeling worse and plan to go back to the doctor tomorrow ideas for more sub plans by the way kids damaged computers while i was gone so now they won't be able to be in my room when i am gone but they do have ipads thanks so much for all you do i posted in the group this week about how your influence helped me deal with uh some i can't see the rest of it how it dealt with something but oh i appreciate that so you couldn't get it
0: no. So here's what I'm going to do. Um
1: oh, oh, the whole foot of the board is blocking the drawer. I am
0: going to put Make a story up as soon as we're done. Heather, I'm going to get your question in one time because I think it's a really that's a great question. Uh I am going to put up a story as soon as we're done here with Mickey Smith Jr.'s new book that he had come out. My man wrote a I'm telling you, his story is wild. Like, you know, the neighborhood he grew up in isn't there anymore in louisiana because of hurricane katrina like his neighborhood it doesn't exist right and he's still like he is such a ray of joy i just i can't anyway i'm gonna give away a copy of of mickey's book so i'm gonna put a story on um instagram today on instagram and if you just Send me a reply. Uh, I'll put you in the running and then I'll pick someone by, I don't know, by the end of the day. We'll say, I don't know. By midnight. By midnight tonight. So any DMs I get before midnight uh, count. And then I'm just going to send you the book for free because he's awesome. And I just, and I think you'll love his book because his story is incredible. So Heather, I think that one, doesn't it suck? Let's just say like, doesn't it suck when things get broken? Um, I saw a really funny post Uh the other day. This is slightly inappropriate, but it was just, it was hilarious. It was caffeinated classroom had a post at some point on Instagram that was called, this is why we can't have nice things. So she teaches middle school and she goes, this is why we can't have nice things. Here's the first one of the year. Here it is. And she moves it over and someone had drawn like a penis on something that she had in class, right? Which made me laugh out loud, actually laugh out loud because- this is something that happens all the time in school. Even with my classroom, as much as I have all the work that I put into it, there are little penis pictures on any number of given things, right? I don't understand why this is a phenomenon, but it is. So-
1: Easy to draw, I guess.
0: It was just, it's like, it's so dumb. But it just made me really laugh, but that kids will just literally destroy things because they can. Um, And especially when subs don't have like a hold on stuff. The- the piece that I'm thinking about is that one, when you give work, when you have a sub, make it as easy as possible. And you don't want to have to grade a ton of stuff when you come back either, right? So sometimes multi-day assignments work well. Sometimes uh, having things like, having things that you know kids have to do or have to read the whole thing. So like uh, like an ed puzzle works well. It's like watching a video and then it has questions that pop up. Kids can go back if they need to process longer, things like that to do in class. But if you don't have computers, it's going to like using Scholastic, right? And I have done deals with them in the past. It's not why I'm, it's not why I share anything. It's not because I did a deal with somebody, but Scholastic has great content. You can get it on their website and They will give you like a free, like it's a reading selection with questions and an activity at the end. Same thing with if you go to the New York Times, but in Google, Google New York Times lesson plans and you'll get tons of stuff. Sometimes it's a video. Sometimes it's a reading activity. Sometimes it's questions. Sometimes it's all of those things roped in together and it just gives you a slightly diverse, if not diverse, lesson plan. Um, cause I'm assuming that like in my school, the subs don't teach anything. We are just giving work to students to complete. So it's giving kids stuff to complete. That is not necessarily building. It's like, so if I'm out and we're in the middle of reading a novel, I don't let them read the novel when I'm not there. Cause I need to help them navigate the novel. I give them independent work that they're going to do that keeps them quiet, that keeps them on task that still keeps building skills that we've already learned. They're not learning new stuff on your own. I want you to, to reinforce things that we've already had. And sometimes it's writing a note or sending a video in or calling and letting kids know like, Hey, look, this is what's going on. I got really sick. I need your help. Can you all just like, make sure that my classroom stays intact, that people are getting the work that they're, that they are staying on point that you're not being headache for the. Substitute because you're great. And I want everyone to know that you're great. So like, I really could use your help. I don't want to come back in and have a headache. And I know that I'm not going to have that with this class. But I just need to make sure that I tell every class to um, really be of service when you're given the opportunity, right? And so you're my, you're my favorite. And I tell every class I'm my favorite. And is that a lie? Let's move on. Um, so th- it is letting those kids know that I care. And that I'll be back very, very soon. That's what I like telling kids. Um, when I'm out, and, and how I like to do sub work as well.
1: Sorry, there's so many little buttons on here. Uh, there okay, sure are. Uh, Noah is up next asking, I just started watching Abbott Elementary. Do you consider yourself a Gregory, a Jamie? Uh, I think that's her name, a Barbara, a Melissa, or a Jacob. I already know how you're gonna answer. So, this one. <laughs> Noah,
0: I don't watch this show because. For the same reason, I would imagine that people in the paper industry don't watch the office, is what I think, right? Um, I do you really think that's true? School, I want to know if I don't know. True. I don't know if that's true. I love, I don't know anyone that's in the they paper have to. industry. I mean,
1: oops, I just, but the reason I don't watch one. it really
0: is because I um there my school was such a disaster the last several years that I was there that Things that happened on there, like principals acting like that really happened. Um, Like I saw so much nonsense that I couldn't laugh at it, right? And not that I don't think people should be able to laugh at it. It's so absurd, right? The school system can be so absurd. They made a show about it that is so true that if you're not in that, it can be very, very funny. But when you're in it, it's like, gosh, it's just aggravating me and making me think about the things I hate about school and I don't want to live there. In a similar sense, there were shows like, um, folks kept telling me to watch, like, so back in the day we watched, uh, what was that show? The Wire. Yeah. Freaking loved it. No, but- then Philly, my, the neighborhood I was teaching in Philly got so much more violent. There were so many more shootings, so many more deaths. That I couldn't watch stuff like that anymore either. So, like, well, we tried the to watch the
1: shy, yeah. And, and everyone's like, Oh, it. you gotta watch
0: this, gotta watch this, gotta watch this. I watched it and I was like, No, it's just like, this is like too much like school. Um, although I will say that season, I guess it's three or four of The Wire, one of the cops becomes a teacher. And I think to this day is one of the realest depictions of what it's really like to be. It is the only time Hollywood got being a teacher mm. the most right, like, it is.
1: Well, People say Avid Elementary is pretty,
0: yeah, but but this guy like <laughs> conquered. I don't know, maybe if I watch the whole show, like
1: maybe we could watch it now, that Yeah, you yeah, in the class, potentially.
0: But it's it's like so, anyway, that's why I don't watch that show,
1: yeah. Um, okay, our next question if
0: anyone knows anyone in the paper industry and whether or not they like The Office, too, uh, I would like to know.
1: All right. Our next question is a two-parter. Currently job searching after being away for two years. I taught three years and I'm feeling like I'm going to be starting over. How do I sell myself in a positive way with only three years of experience? Um, I changed careers and I started teaching a year before COVID. So it was rough. So I think.
0: uh, Nadula, I think I'm saying your name right. I apologize if I'm not. Um, It's one having grace for yourself and knowing that teaching is very difficult it is a craft that you get better at over time it's not anything that anyone's good at right away starting to teach during covid gave people a lot of people a false sense of of their abilities because kids were behaving online or they had a they had like i had met teachers that had like no classroom management issues online and then they get into the schools and it's like oh no this is a nightmare um because it's different because in person, I think that it's some of it is focusing on what are you bring, What are those skills that you learned? What are those experiences you've gone through when not in the classroom? So I didn't teach till I was 27. And thank God, because 22 year old Reynolds had no business being in the classroom. I just, I was not there yet, mature wise, skill level wise, like nothing wise, nothing about me at 22 would have been like, oh, you'd be a good teacher. I would have been fun, but the end. It's focusing on what are you bringing to the classroom? It's also focusing on when you are trying to just, it's the getting the mindset right. It's thinking about who are those young people that you're gonna be there to help? Who are those, Who are? what is gonna be your point of service in the community? And although we're not there for every kid, and although I don't believe in things like saving kids or something like that, there are kids that I do have gotten a feeling that you're uniquely there to work with, to listen to, to help, to um, to just be around, to affirm. And th- every teacher has their students, every, You know, some of my favorite kids ever were other people's like least favorite kids and vice versa. Some of the kids that made my, that when my hair was black, that I am sure some of these are because of certain kids. They other kids love them, like other teachers love them. I mean, and so who are you showing up for? Finding that kid that thinks they're invisible. Finding that kid that thinks no one cares. Finding that kid that thinks they'll never be able to learn math, science, reading. Find a friend, th- you know. Find someone that cares about them and showing up and helping them to connect the dots. So even if I don't become your friend, can I help you go? Hmm, I see you talking about this all the time. And I know that kid over there talks about the same thing and they like the same stuff. How can I try to make this connection? And I've done that a gazillion times in school. I've, I've, I've connected kids that are still best friends to this day. And it's how am I going to show up and do these sorts of things? It's just a thing to kind of keep, keep in mind with regards to, let me just say this too, with regards to getting a job, what are your unique abilities and how do you see them fitting into the school? So doing some homework on the school, looking them up. It's not creepy. It's not like your seventh grade boyfriend or girlfriend that you had. And like um, you're looking them up, you know, when it's late and you're just bored. Um, It is doing your due diligence, knowing what the school is good at knowing where their championships are, knowing what their rating is uh, knowing where you can bring value to what they're doing so that might be to their crew team to their rugby team maybe they have uh plays maybe their um english department is like this or they talk about this certain thing and oh but gosh I would love to come here because I have this I have like this lesson or this friend or this connection or this is a thing that I I w- can envision doing to be to to build out or to help with this initiative that you have in your school it's knowing what that school's vision is and then what can you bring to that specifically
1: all right uh we have two more questions Do you... i would like to
0: do both of them
1: oh all right and they're pretty easy i think um
0: that's the no this one's easy so also... uh,
1: well kind of kelly's asking i missed the back to school boot camp is there a way to still access any of
0: it so yes um i said this the last two weeks and and i didn't come through on on these last two weeks Kelly, but there's
1: some other extenuating circumstances yeah. happening in our <laughs> life that, that might need to be my not. next video
0: but um i am oh no what should i what I should I, I do for that
1: i think you need to try and put it on i love that we're going to talk about how to do this is real announced. time we're trying tech. to figure out the real oh, world it's real always time. the tech issue i think that you should try and put it on can't you you can build a, a landing page that just stays on flow desk can't you do it on there?
0: Yes. Okay. Um Send me an email, Kelly, at realrapwithreynolds at gmail.com. You can even do it right now. And I'm going to try and make that happen to you. I told my daughter we would go and make a dam today. This is a whole longer story. that, that I told her
1: re- that we weren't doing that because we already had plans with Bertie's friends this evening.
0: I told my daughter we're going to go make a dam today. And then I have to make Gosh. a bonfire with my son and his friends tonight, which not, neither one of those is dangerous. <laughs> uh, but we I'll tell you about the damn thing and it's super fast it's okay. not a long time um we're gonna do that today but then I will try and I can make the link I don't have to build out the whole okay. I can make the link so that she can access it okay and anyone else that's interested in the back- to-school boot camp uh yeah just shoot me an email for now before I put it up
1: all right and I think this is our last one do it uh Mira. Myra, Mira, Mira, I think I hope that's you're doing a that. great job. Uh, when you're in uh teacher mode, do you, yes. do you like dressing up formal or casual? Do you believe the thing when dressing formal, you can still be the cool teacher?
0: So, you know, I, I this is a great question. So I have a buddy, uh, Shivy Brooks, who is on Instagram, call me Shivy he dresses cool every day sometimes he's in a suit sometimes he's in a regular outfit
1: he's just
0: just like I don't know like little bits of swagger they might get on you like (laughs) when you're feel when you're next to him you just feel a little cooler so one of the things I love about his style though is it's thoughtful right he's not showing up in sweats or pajama pants old sneaks he's thoughtful about the outfit. And I'm not calling anyone out or saying anyone should be any certain way. But my man could have a t-shirt on with jeans and sneaks and it still looks fresh. And I love that.
1: But what's your personal so preference? So for me, you I, an
0: I wore a tie and a dress shirt every day because my students had to wear uniforms. And I didn't, I wanted to go to school and model what my, I wasn't going to wear a school uniform because I just wasn't going to. And, and I, they don't, they fit poor. I think they fit poorly for most kids and I didn't want to wear a poorly fit outfit. So, but I dressed the part every day because I wanted the students to have that example. This is what it looks like when your ties tied, right? Like let's, let's dress the part for the game that we're playing right now. Right. Um, if I didn't have to do that, I don't think I'd ever be sneakers and jeans i couldn't do that but i mean i wore sneakers every day or uh you know but I think you would that still was do for a tie like
1: i, I think still he would, would do a mis- tie like mr z it
0: yeah like
1: he
0: i don't know maybe that's my inner mr rogers but like yeah it's Better i just i i like i have always loved this i'll, I'll say this Mira. outfits being like armor that you put on. I heard somebody say that somewhere along along the way. Whatever I have on, like if I'm if I'm wearing pajama pants all day in an old t-shirt or gym clothes, which it's I do a so lot, true. I go to the gym, I get dressed in the morning, put on gym clothes. I go to the gym, I come home, I think I'm going to get a shower right away. Then I start doing emails. Then mm-hmm. it's seven hours later and I'm still sitting there in dirty gym clothes. It happens often. Um, I feel a certain type of way. If I get dressed, I fix my hair, I shave, I brush my teeth. I just feel better. And I don't know what that is or if that's for everyone. But when I feel like I look appropriate or I like what I have on, I just I, I just move differently through the world. So and true. so part of being an educator for me is like, what am I putting on that makes me feel like I can confidently, this is going to add to my ability to show up and do the work that I've been given to do. And so that's, that's where I, that's how I think about getting- close dressed. in general. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right, well, that's it. We actually got through all the questions, which I'm so excited about. Cool. I hope we well, didn't miss anybody. Before
0: people jump off, please, 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 if you could just hit the thumbs up button, it just does something youtube and it lets other people know that we're here. It doesn't do anything to you. Just hit the thumbs up button, please. Um, if you're not a part of us, of our Facebook group, you can jump over to there. The like and subscribe is there just so that you know that this is happening every Sunday, right? It's, it, it happens, it slips your mind and then you're sorry that you missed it. Um, and if you go over to our Instagram, right after this, I'm gonna make a post about my friend Mickey Smith Jr., who is someone you should know, he will only make your life better. Uh, I'm gonna give away a copy of his book. He wrote a children's book about his life when he was a kid growing up in Louisiana and it's it's fantastic. So I'm gonna give that away. All I have to do is comment on the post. Um, and that's it. Anything else, wife?
1: No, I think that's it.
0: Cool, gang. We will see you next week, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Have a
1: great Have a great week if it's your first day back. Like, hey, yes. Have fun. I hope it's build the excitement
0: year of your whole life. That's it, gang. Peace.